Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Are you a brand new real estate investor and you're still struggling to get your first deal because you just don't have the money to get it funded? Or are you a wholesaler and you have uh, collected some assignment fees, but there's some deals that you want to stay in, but you can't because you don't have the funding? Or are you a seasoned real estate investor and you just want to get some super low interest rates for more funding? Well, if you answered yes to any of those three questions, don't go anywhere because I'm getting ready to plug you into the money. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Jay Connor Real Estate Investing. This is the Private Money Podcast Academy. And we are so glad to have you join us. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, you may not know that I always have just amazing guests and experts join me here on the show. Today is no exception. But before I introduce my dear friend and my special guest, I've got a free gift for you for just showing up here on the show. And that is my new book that I just recently released. It's called Where to Get the Money Now, subtitle, How and Where to Get Money for Your Real Estate Deals Without Relying on Hard Money Lenders. This book will show you step-by-step step how I raised over $2 million in less than 90 days when I lost my funding from the banks. This is all about private money. This is not hard money. Now you can go to Amazon and spend 20 bucks on it, or you can just let me give it to you for free. Just cover shipping and handling. You can get the book at www.jayconner.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K. We'll rush it right out to you. Well, my special guest today is the founder of what's called the Real Estate Disruptors. 
Now, I tell you what, this podcast that my friend uh, started and founded just started it back in 2018 to inspire wholesalers and real estate agents to double their incomes by adding another stream of revenue to their business. Well, this podcast that my guest launched just in 2019 or 2018 has grown to tens of thousands of followers with new members sharing their success stories every week. In fact, I've been so blessed to have been a guest on my guest podcast. Well, he also created this app that's called the Offer Fast Homes app. Now, what this app does is it helps wholesalers quickly jumpstart their careers by putting all the buyers in one convenient place that you can easily manage. Well, also, my guest hopes to minimize the challenge of building a buyer's list when getting started in wholesaling. His goal is to create and be a part of creating 100 millionaires, and he's on his way. Well, my guest's favorite quote is also my favorite quote from Zig Ziglar, which says you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. Well, my guest heard this quote when he first got into real estate, and it has stuck with him throughout his entire career. It is the core value that he lives by. He also started a company called Stunning Homes Realty. They're in the Phoenix area. Started that back in 2013. And this realtor brokerage has grown to over 130 agents. What does that mean? That means my guest company has got right at a 1% market share of the entire Phoenix metro area. In other words, one out of every 37 homes that gets sold, his brokerage is involved in. And with that, I'm so excited to bring on as my guest, Steve Trang. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I am super excited to have you. And I'm, I'm of course, most of our uh, audience here will be listening to us and not able to see us like we can today. But I remember just a few short months ago being in your amazing studio that I'm able to look at right now. And man, you have got quite the team. Like you got like five full-time media guys and gals, Six right? Now. Six, Six now. And you're yeah. still, and you're still, and they're like following you around like, like you're a movie star. They're like video, videotaping you every, every day. It's great to have yeah, we're you. Trying to, well, you know, we just model success and we saw what worked for Gary Vee and all these other guys. So, you know, we just, we just repeat copy and paste is, uh, is my business model. And, uh, I, I, I'm not great at creating things, but I'm really good at copy and paste. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, Dan Kennedy calls it swipe and deploy or something exactly. like that. Yeah. So see, another person I've, I've borrowed very generously from. There you go. Well, let's go back to, uh, go back in time to beginning to your beginnings and, and tell us, Steve, um, how is it that, uh, what got you into real estate to begin with? I think like many other people you probably had on the show, uh, just you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and you realize that you've been lied to your whole life, that, you know, you go to school, get a good job, get or get good grades, get a good job, and, and, you know, work for 30, 40 years and retire happily ever after. And reading that book was really eye-opening, so we started buying rental properties. And as we started buying rental properties, I made the mistake, right? Because I'm an entrepreneur. I got shiny object syndrome. I became a realtor. And uh, yeah, that was, the, that was the wrong direction for like nine years in my career. But 
I got into real estate because uh, of the promises of financial freedom and, you know, the freedom number. Uh, once your passive income exceeds your expenses, then you don't have to work for anybody anymore. So that's what got me into real estate. It was just the, uh, I, I was, um, it's kind of like the matrix, right? I got red pilled. I, I learned about this other world and it was hard to have a boss after learning that you could have financial freedom and not have a boss. Yeah. I can't imagine being an employee. <laughs> like it's like, it's like once, once, once you have come to where you and I are, it's like, uh, I cannot imagine that world from whence we came. So, no. so you've got, you've got a ton of experience. You, you got, mm-hmm. you got a ton of, uh, you know, um, experience in real estate and everything, but what would you say that you're really focusing on these days? I mean, like, how are you spending most of your time uh, these days in in business? Uh, so, two of my uh, activities that that spend I spend more time than anything else, and when I say spend more time, I mean they're still less than ten hours each week. Uh, is one is sales training. Uh, I've got a lot of people that I'm mentoring to get better at sales because sales is the one thing that if you get really good at it, you can double, triple, really demand your income. You can control your income if you get good at sales. So that one is I spend uh, many hours a week teaching people how to get better at sales. And then the other one is just creating content is uh, recording, producing. Uh, well, I don't produce it, right? So I'm talking at a camera and then the team chops it up, puts it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and makes me look good. So, but I'm responsible for uh, recording the content, sourcing the content, you know, just sharing things that we've learned along the way. And that's our content. And that's what we're, we're chopping up and putting out there. How did you get drawn into um, the arena of sales training, and, um, and 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 what is it about your background that makes you qualified to be an excellent sales trainer? <laughs> well, I love the second question. So the first one is what drew me into it. What drew me into it is a I really sucked at sales for a really long time, right? I have a background in engineering, so uh, what qualified me to talk about sales is that I really geeked out on it. It was my biggest weakness. You know, I have a lot of things I'm good at because I'm willing to pour in the work, but sales is an art form. At least I thought it was for the longest time. So I was like, I can't get better at it because it's art. Um, But what uh, ended up qualifying me for it is that I've been really bad at sales for a really long time. So I know what bad sales looks like. Um, And then I became... Uh, as I, I started learning more about it, I was basically able to take my engineering background and basically engineer sales. And now we have a process, a framework of, are you doing these things? And when things aren't working, we can now troubleshoot it. Just like if you install a ceiling fan and it doesn't work, you've got the troubleshooting guide. Or you install your, your media center, it didn't work. Here's your troubleshooting guide. Now with sales, hey, you didn't get the sale? All right. Let's figure out where things went wrong. Did you do this? Did you do this? Right? Same exact thing in sales now, which I thought was either you had it or you don't. Now we know there's a process and a methodology that you could be the most antisocial person, which I kind of put myself a little bit in that category. Um, right? And uh, you could be shy. You could be an introvert. You could be uncomfortable talking in front of people. But if you can learn a process and follow a process, you'll be better than the guy that's got the great wink and smile. Yeah. Um, 
I have noticed, in fact, I'm thinking of one in particular person right now um, that is like super quiet, is not, you would not regard him as social. You would not regard him as gregarious, but he is one of the best closers that I have ever met. And it must be because of what you're talking about. I mean, like, you know, decades ago, you know, we'd say, hey, the guy that was, you know, the glad handler and slap you on the back and all that. And the and the most enthusiastic kind of guy mm-hmm. is going to close most of the deals when, in fact, that could be one of the worst closers if they don't follow the process. Right. Well, yeah, because that's the one that's going to offend the, the person, the, the client. They're the ones going to make the inappropriate jokes, say things that weren't meant to be said. And I'm not saying all salespeople are this way, right? It's just the one that you picture, the guy with a cigar, with a jacket, you know, laughing out loud. Is That's the one that's more about himself and not about the client. And true sales is really taking the time to understand the other person and what their needs are. And then figuring out whether your solution solves their problem. Because let's face it, more often than not, our solution does not fix their problem. And us pushing a product that doesn't fix their problem is not the ethical thing to do, right? So true sales, uh, if you look at the origin of the word sales, is means to serve. So true sales is really figuring out what they want, what they need, and then figuring out whether you're the person to give them the solution. And just to make sure everybody's understanding what we're talking about, the sales that you're talking about are people who are talking to um, owners of, of homes, single family mm-hmm. homes, maybe, maybe you do commercial as well, but, um, it, your training helps people acquisitionist, um, have a higher closing ratio and, and negotiate more properties to buy. Right. Absolutely. That's our, our core focus. That's our, our all our existing client base is that right now. Uh, that's what we train on. Uh, I will also add that sales is sales. So, you know, if you were coming in to buy uh, a Lexus or if you were looking to get solar installed, we're going to sit down. We're going to figure out what's important to you and why we're doing this. Why are you going down this road? Maybe this isn't the best road for you. You know, if you're telling me, uh, you know, you want a loud car that you can, you know, uh, fishtail around corners, I'm not going to try to sell you a Lexus. (laughs) That's not right. We're going to get a Lexus. You want a quiet car that's comfortable and long lasting. Right. So we're going to figure out what it is that you need. And then we'll figure out whether what I have suits what you're trying to accomplish. So what are the common big mistakes that you used to make and that some, the and current salespeople that aren't good at it? What are, what are their mistakes? Where are they messing up? The biggest one I was screwing up. Uh, two of them was, again, because I came from an engineering background. Uh, first was I was constantly educating and informing. And that's what I would want. And we tend to sell the way we want to buy. And so I would want the information, but we we come to learn educating a prospect does nothing for them, right? Figuring out what they want is absolutely crucial. Educating a prospect does nothing really to benefit them. So the first thing I was doing wrong was I was constantly educating because when you're educating, you're doing a majority of the talking. So it seems like educating would be great. But if you're doing a majority of the talking, you're not helping the prospect, right? So that was the first thing. Second thing was I was allowing them to think about it. And that sounds crazy. You know, it sounds like it's high pressure sales. But the reality is if you hear someone tell you, I need to think about it, 
it's a subtle way, a subconscious way of saying, I'm not sold. You didn't do enough to earn my business. And so now I hear, when I hear I need to think about it, I just know that they're not sold, which is fine. It just means that either I did something wrong as far as understanding their needs or uh, the diagnosis, or I'm just not a good fit. But now when I hear I need to think about it, I know how to handle that uh, because of the, the training we had versus before, again, coming from the engineering background, I need to think about it. Is it is something I would say because I truly would want to think about it. So I was really overly accepting of that objection when really that was not the real objection. Um, and then just as a step back explaining that, you know, people buy emotionally, they justify intellectually. I don't care how smart you are. We all buy emotionally, right? Either it makes us feel good about ourselves, makes us feel more secure, makes us look better to our friends, uh, convenience, whatever. But we all buy for emotional reason, then we justify it logically. So when someone says, I need to think about it, they're just telling you that they were not able to justify it because emotionally they're not sold. That makes perfect sense. So what would you say to the person that thinks they're a pretty good closer when in reality, they could really be a lot better. So it's like, how do you get past that that ego wall of, hey, I think I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I love this question because I'm running into this obstacle myself, right? How do you sell something, sales training, to a person who feels like they don't need it? And ultimately, at the end of the day is we got to figure out, you know, let's talk about your last three appointments. How did it go? Like that you didn't close. How did it go? Where do you think it went off the rails? And usually they can't tell you. They can't tell you what, where it went, went off the rails, right? But then we're going to talk about, well, how much money do you think it costs you not closing those sales? And now we're going to find some real pains. Like, okay, so we can close that. What could that do for your own personal life? What could that do for your family? What could it do for your business? If you can close these additional sales. So um, I can't logically explain to a person who is potentially uncoachable why they're not that as good at sales as, as they think they are. All we can do is identify how much it's costing them, not closing more sales. And then at that time, they can figure out, like, wouldn't it make sense to maybe just try a thing or two to get better at your craft so that you can close more sales, so that you can take more time off your family, you can go on vacation, you can add this other thing to your business, this investment you've been wanting to make, now you can finally pursue it. We'll sell them emotionally, but I, I don't think you can intellectually convict, uh, convince a person who thinks they're a good salesperson uh, because if you try to explain it to them logically, it's, I don't think it's going to work. That makes sense. So do you have any statistics, Steve, as to someone comes to your training, they're before and they're after? How, how much, and of course, I'm sure that depends as to how mm-hmm. coachable they are and how well they employ and deploy the, the uh, training that, that uh, you and your team provide. But um, have you got any, have you got any stats, any stories as to how much better some people become? I don't have any specific stats, but I have plenty of stories. Um, so I could share Phil Green, who is someone I look up to quite a bit in Collective Genius that we're in a mastermind together. And he said that his business went up 25%. Wow. And if, and if you're in a business where you're in a super competitive market in San Diego and you're already doing 25, 30 deals a month, 25% is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, uh, we see all sorts of people closing an extra three, four deals right off the bat just 
employing just a couple of tactics, not even like fully, uh, fully exercising the whole system, but just deploying just a couple of tactics. We're seeing people close, you know, uh, multiple tens of thousands. Uh, someone just came, uh, he said in the call yesterday, uh, he came to our workshop uh, two, three months ago, and he said in his first month, he made an additional 70,000, right? Just in a few short weeks after coming to our workshops, like, man, that's, that's golden. That is awesome. That is awesome. And it makes me feel really good. I'm really happy every time I hear that. Oh, um, well, that's because of your core value. You actually care about people and you're actually, you know, sincere about helping them get better and et cetera. Mm-hmm. So um, just to make sure we don't, uh, somebody doesn't jump off early and miss your contact information, uh, we're not finished with the interview. But go ahead and let everybody know how to get in contact with you, Steve. And to learn about your training uh, that you offer as to, you know, how they can learn about closing more deals. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. So there's a couple different places. There's Instagram, at uh, steve.trang, S-T-E-V-E dot T-R-A-N-G. Or you just go to my website, stevetrain.com or disruptors.com. There's multiple places you can find me. Uh, I'm not hiding online, I promise. That's <laughs> the reason why I have six people on the media team. Uh, so Instagram's the best, at steve.trang. Uh, stevetrain.com, realestatedisruptors.com, or disruptors.com. There's multiple places you can find us. And then we have our podcasts uh, on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google, and YouTube, just Real Estate Disruptors. Yes. And uh, your podcast is amazing. Tell everybody about your podcast. Yeah. So what we do is um, I am a learner. I'm a student at heart. You know, if all those things we always kind of laugh at, you know, the professional student, in a way, I am a professional student. I just don't get all those certifications. Uh, but I am constantly learning and striving. So for me, uh, my dirty little secret is I had this podcast so I could ask brilliant people like Jay Connor all the questions I've been wanting to ask, right? So I get nothing but certified professionals. And when I say certified, I mean I actually ask them for copies of their settlement statements. No gurus are coming on the show that don't do the business. So everyone that comes on the show is an actual practitioner doing real business at scale. And from there, we're asking them questions, talking about their journey, how they started from zero uh, all the way to where they're at. And the, the coolest thing, Jay, you know, we've had over 150 people on the show. Only one came from money, right? And what does that tell you? Everyone, anyone can do this if they'll do it. So, but yeah, that's the show. It's, it's about the inspiration and the journey and how to, how to become a millionaire without charging them for it. And your and the name of your podcast is Real Estate Disruptors, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Real Estate Disruptors. Well, I know. I know. It's just like growing like gangbusters. So, um, is it really worth the money to get sales training? I mean, so someone asked me, right? How much does sales training cost? And my go-to answer is a lot, <laughs> right? And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, well. How much does it cost you when you're not getting these sales? Because the average assignment fee is fifteen thousand, right? Across the country, it's about fifteen thousand. How many sales are you losing a year by being average at sales? Right? We're not saying you're bad at sales because I was awful. I was trash. I don't know how many millions of dollars I left on the table, right? I only got sales because I was willing to spend enough money on marketing and I'm just incredibly trustworthy the moment you meet me. That's what that was my advantage. But for the most part, I know I left a lot of money on the table because it cost like I need to think about it. So if you go back and you look at how much it's costed you over the years, just once a year, right? How many, how many years or how much money are you losing per year, per month 
if you're not good at sales. So is it worth investing? I mean, only if you want to change your life. <laughs> I love the answer. So um, what's your take on um, real estate investors hiring uh, mentors? Um, so I have a very, I, I have this giant business crush, right? This is my uh, hero. This is who I've invested a lot of money in is Darren Hardy. You know, I've dropped a lot of money attending his events. And he has this one video he's done. I should just download it and share it. But he talks about what is the one thing that everyone that you look up to has in common? They all have coaching. There's no one, nobody ever has ever done it well without coaching. Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan, um, everyone that you and I are friends with has received coaching at one point or another. And here's a sad reality. People that I know that have not got coaching have kind of fallen out of my inner circle because we've just blown past them. And it sounds terrible, you know, a little bit uh, callous perhaps, but if you don't have coaching, you're not going to be able to keep up with us and uh, you can enjoy the life that you have. Or you can enjoy the good lives that Jay and I have. Exactly. So how does someone go about deciding who is going to be their coach? Who's going to be their mentor? Because there's like, there's so many of them out there. And of course, it, <laughs> it, it, no it, shortage. Depends, you know, it depends. And unfortunately, unfortunately, in this business, there's a lot of bad ones. Mm-hmm. There are. Um, well, so it's just like any other industry. It's the 80-20 rule applies to every industry, right? In every industry, it doesn't matter if you work in the corporate world, right? 80% of your your uh, co your colleagues are, are idiots, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. So um, to, to find one, I think this is a great question. I think you look at a few different things. Uh, so who's the most single most important person you, you select in your life? Your spouse, right? After that, I would say probably your mentor, Okay. So the mentor you, you, you look after or you want to work with, there's a few different things you're looking for. Uh, the, I think the most important is that they're living the life you want to live. You know, um, I don't post pictures of exotic cars or uh, constant traveling. I probably should do more of the traveling thing. But I don't post those things because those are things that are not important to me. Now, I'm a cars guy. I love my cars. But I'm not a car. I'm not going to be posting pictures of that, right? I'm posting my business successes, and my family, uh, enjoying time with my family. Because that's what's important to me. So find a mentor that's living a life that's consistent with what you want to live, right? If you want to have more freedom, more time freedom, don't buy from a guy that's driving a Lamborghini. I'm not saying the guy with a Lamborghini doesn't have time freedom. You just don't know what his life is like. Time may not be a, a valuable commodity to him. So you don't know what his values are, what his value system, his core values, and so on. So find someone that resonates with you and who you aspire to be, right? I think that's the first thing. Second thing, don't be afraid to ask for proof of what they've accomplished, right? I can prove everything I say. And if someone asks me for it, I'd be glad to show it to them. I've got no hesitation. I can't say I have no ego, but I can say that my ego is not so big that I would be offended if someone asked me to prove what I say I do.
Real quick, y'all, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask I can ever ask of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more real estate investors make more money, feed their families, and have the private money they need to fund their deals. And the only way we can do that is if I ask you to rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. That makes a lot of sense. That's fantastic advice, Steve. Um, so my next question, Steve, is one of your favorite questions when you uh, have guests come on your show. And the question is, what is your superpower? Boy, uh, I would say my superpower at this point is um, delegating. Um, you know, I used to be the person that did everything myself. Um, and I could because at this point, I, you know, when I when I did, I didn't have kids and I was newly married. So there's nothing wrong with working at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning by yourself, right? Uh, so I did everything literally. But these days, um, my superpower is I am good at finding people that love their craft and convincing them to work for me um, and then allowing them to do their great art. So you got to meet our media team. They do what they love every single day. Uh, Max Jimenez, my business partner, you've met him. He runs the wholesale team, right? Like everyone does what they're great at and what they're passionate about. And my job is to get out of their way and every once in a while ask him, is there anything I can do to help you be better at your job? Is there anything I could do uh, to support you better in your role? But besides that, everyone does what they're really good at. And I am generally the bottleneck. <laughs> the <companies. laughs> no, I heard you're the creator of chaos. That's what I heard. <laughs> I manifest chaos as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how do you convince people to come work for you when they're already making a great income somewhere else? Uh, so, you know what is the number one cause of infidelity? Uh-uh. Lack of appreciation. Mm. Right? Finances leads to divorce, but infidelity is underappreciation, right? Not caring about your spouse, not loving them, giving them the love that they require, the love and attention. Same thing happens to employees. You know, employees these days are, especially today, now of all times, people are quitting in record numbers. Uh, so the inability to appreciate what you got uh, the, the guys I have running the social media team, these guys are rock stars. They've, they've accomplished incredible, uh, feats, you know, between them, they've, uh, garnered 8 billion views, I think, in all the different things that they've done together. And they were not appreciated. You know, they were just like, yeah, go do this, go do that. You know, you work for me, right? This is attitude. You work for me and you're going to do what I tell you to do. Versus like, hey, what do you love? What do you enjoy? Okay. I mean, let's do that together. Why don't you do that over here? I won't be breathing down your neck and you get to do it your way. Every once in a while, I'm going to say, hey, maybe we should do it this way. Hey, maybe this is the direction we should go. But for the most part, everyone gets to do what they love and they're compensated for it. And most people are not motivated by money. I can share with you, I used to be a person very highly motivated, highly motivated by money. 
but we all get to a point in our career where money's not the number one thing. And a lot of people that we hire, money is not their number one motivation. They're motivated by being able to do what they love and be appreciated for it. So they want to be loved, right, for what they love to do. How do you show appreciation? Uh, so I'm terrible at showing appreciation. Um, I, I, I care about them and I, I demonstrate to the best of my ability. Uh, something I did just this past week, and this is the exception, not the rule. Um, so Manny and uh, his brother Elias, who's our graphics guy, they both love that. They both love NASCAR, right? They kind of share with me privately. And somehow, somebody mentioned that there's like this uh, thing where you can drive NASCAR. You can drive a NASCAR. So I talked to my team, uh, uh, Jaden, who's my right-hand person. I said, hey, can you go look and see what it would cost to do a ride-along in a NASCAR? And he did. It was 300 bucks for the two of them, and they are beyond ecstatic, right? So this was this past weekend. They loved it. Um, I got season tickets for the Suns, and uh, last week, you know, I gave two of our tickets to the guys that work on the media team. You know, it's nothing huge, but it's just everyone saw, hey, you know, go have fun. Well, yeah, but I think the biggest like, thing is I get out of their ways. I don't, I don't micromanage them. Yeah, but you know, it's um, it's as you just said, it's not the money. It's not, it's not the actual amount. It's, it's that you that you actually thought you stopped and you thought what they love, what they care about, and mm-hmm. and you did and you did something for them that was yeah. they love it, and and it was like you know. It's like it's an old cliche, but it's really the thought that does count, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do know what's important to them, and we do talk quite a bit, so that I think that's a plus as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Steve, if you could only give one piece of advice to our listeners that they could take away that they learned from one of your biggest mistakes in the past, what's maybe the most interesting or whatever you want, want to tell your big mistake story. Oh man. I, I don't know if I have any um, mistakes I can necessarily share lessons from. I can say, uh, I guess I don't really look at anything as a mistake. I look at as learning opportunities, you know? Um, and I have, if I guess another superpower, I didn't really talk about it. It's the irrational confidence. I just have this idea. I'm just gonna figure it out even if I don't. And so when I got into real estate, this was 2007, and, you know, not a great time, especially as a realtor. Um, in 2008, my expenses exceeded my revenue by $50,000, meaning I submitted a 1040 to the IRS of negative $50,000. And what I learned was that I don't have all the answers all the time. And it taught me a little bit of humility. And I also learned the, the value of having the right spouse, you know, um, I went to an event early on in my career, and one thing I noticed was that every person that spoke at the event was happily married to their first wife, with one exception, uh, Lute Olson, who was married to his second wife, but his, work, his first wife had passed away from cancer. So for the most part, everyone is still with the love of their lives. So I watched that, and my observation, my takeaway was the importance of having a great wife. Um, and I wouldn't say it was a lesson, but something I, I observed was, um, man, having a great wife that supports you, there's nothing you can't do. You know, I was a failure, 
right? I mean, you could say I was a failure in 2008, uh, first couple of years in my uh, real estate business. And even as I failed, what did my wife do? She didn't leave me. She got a second job so that I can chase my dream, you know? So I can't say, you know, a specific lesson here other than, you know, find yourself, find yourself a great spouse who will be with you through the good and the bad and take care of her. I couldn't agree with you more. My Carol Joy has been with me. We've been dating 37 years, 35 of those 37, we've been married. So so that is awesome, Steve. Well, Steve, I can't believe the time has gone by. Fantastic to have you here on the show. Uh, One more time, give out your contact information and any parting comments you would like to leave us with. Yeah. So uh, stevetrang.com or at steve.trang on Instagram. And parting thoughts is really, there's nothing you really can't do, right? Which goes completely against what I just said earlier about, you know, I, I can't figure it out, whatever. But there's really nothing you, can, you can't do. And I don't care what they say on the news, what they say on social media. There's never been a better time to be alive. And there's never been a better country than with the one we live in today. Go get whatever it is you're dreaming about because there's no reason why you can't have it. I love it, Steve. And I love you, brother. Thank you for being here on the show with me today. There you have it, folks. Another episode of the Private Money Academy podcast. I'm Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. And here is to taking your business to the next level. And we'll see you right here on the next Private Money Academy podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.